This is Unheard Cuts on Being. I'm Krista Tippett. You're listening to my unedited conversation with Nidal Alazraq. He works with teenagers at the Laji Center in the West Bank city of Bethlehem. I spoke with him on March 16, 2011, at the Ida refugee camp where the Laji Center is based. This interview is included in our show, Pleasure More Than Hope. Download the MP3 of the produced show at onbeing.org. If it stays like that, that's fine. Okay. I was in, I was in. Sorry, Nuseba's office at Al Quds yesterday. It was really loud. That's the call director came on right. At, it came on the last ten minutes, so we were already kind of tired. And it wasn't. If it had been earlier, we might have stopped. But yeah. it was incredibly loud, so that I was having trouble hearing myself think. And he always he didn't seem to be bothered by it. But yeah. I, part of yeah. me felt like we should just stop anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but he clearly. Um, so so anyway, tell me your story about. Well, my name is Nidal. I was born and raised here in Aydekam, and I lived uh, almost all my life in this uh, refugee camp uh, where I, uh, you know, witnessed a lot and I learned a lot uh, socially and politically. um, And uh, I got involved in activism early in life. Uh, It started in the 80s, late 80s and early 90s. And as many people who worked in, uh, in, in politics, uh, we uh, stopped working in politics when Oslo came. Right, those were the Oslo years, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. when Oslo came. And uh, at that time, I was studying electricity. And I finished uh, the electricity and I started working in Israel and Jerusalem. And uh, goes all around the place. Then in the beginning of this intifada, I was working actually in this settlement, Abu Name settlements, and I was, you know, seeing the helicopters shooting Bethlehem, and then I I decided to not work in Israel in settlements since that. And uh, so I came here, I started working in the uh, streets uh, with the teenagers and the children, uh, trying to uh, first understand them to see uh, um, the similarities and the, uh, the differences between my generation and their generation and mm. the challenges that they face. Uh, and uh, I uh, got involved uh, with Laji in 2002. I was, at that time, I was injured badly from the helicopter, so I couldn't mm. work uh, other type of uh, Were you jobs. here when you were injured? Yeah, I was here in the camp. It was 2002 on March. It was the invasion of the Church of the Nativity. Oh, right. Back then. Where there was the siege. There was a siege, a long siege yes. uh, on Bethlehem. And uh, I was with my friends. And they started here, actually, in Ida camp, where they brought two helicopters and maybe six, seven hundred soldiers with many tanks for this small place. And uh, I was injured with other uh, 40 people. Mm. Five of them, six of them were killed, mm. uh, and uh, since then I couldn't work in constructions and electricity. And a uh, Laji came to me and they offered me a job. In a and this is this lab. media project. This, this is back then we we were like really we were in a different location here okay. at, at the center. We were renting uh, two garages, and uh, mm. we had this uh, computer lab, and they asked me to come and operate this computer lab. So uh, I was in a very close contact with kids and teenagers where I really got attached uh, to them. And since then, I devoted my, uh, my whole time, my whole life, working with, uh, with the children and teenagers uh, in Ida camp. And now I expand my work through a Sautona project that Ladi has been doing since the last two and a half years. 
I work in uh, uh, Nablus in Balata camp and mm. Janine camp in Janine uh, with uh, groups of children and teenagers on different topics uh, mm -hmm. related to human rights, uh, democracy, um, topics like to understand the, the, the conflicts uh, and how we can, uh, you know, uh, not live with it, but... Uh, um, go around it that we can survive mm. basically you know my job is to educate these children and teenagers uh, uh, as other volunteers do at Legis Center to uh, prepare them the f to the future because things here are quite uh, complicated socially and politically very complicated it's not easy for them uh, to to uh, to know how to to deal with them right so uh, it's a tough job because you work with these uh, children, you know, for like a day a week or two days a week. But um, the society has a lot of troubles. The families has a lot of troubles. Uh, so uh, it's tough work. Uh, but as far as I'm seeing, um, we're succeeding. Mm. You know, the idea is to find a clean uh, uh, environment, uh, good ground uh, for them to educate them about, uh, you know, not just uh, political issues and cultural issues and uh, that are related to their life and history and uh, through art, through uh, media, through different kinds of uh, uh, projects to that they can reach to the level where they can uh, make decisions by themselves mm. uh, you know when you're in a conflict there are a lot of uh, um, uh, movements a lot of uh, groups that try to uh, uh, bring people around them and right. with this process a lot of uh, manipulatings and a lot of uh, playing in minds so one of the main ideas that led start to uh, help these teenagers to reach to the age where they can make their own decisions mm. mm -hmm. and this is the tough uh, uh, and hard job uh, it's it's an interesting project also because I think teenagers in any culture, that's, that's also a time when they're perhaps most vulnerable. And also, yeah. as you say, being able to make wise decisions for themselves is a challenge. It's a big challenge. Almost biologically as well. Yeah, it's a big challenge here. I mean, I worked with teenagers in the U.S. Yeah. And high schools. And I worked with children in the U.S., mm -hmm. uh, you know, to educate them about the Israel-Palestine conflicts yeah. uh, and to see... Uh, what level of knowledge they have. Here, uh, you work with them in institutions, but they leave these uh, institutions. The family, their families, you know, have so much uh, uh, troubles uh, because of the, you know, uh, you know the uh, poverty, the unemployment, and uh, each family has, you know, 8, 10, 11, 15 kids, and mm. the parents are so busy trying to provide, like, food and education for right. them. And the, the street is quite a uh, tough place uh, for them as well. Mm -hmm. So you'll face a lot of challenge uh, with these teenagers and children to uh, just, you know, let's think about our situation. Let's uh, think and discuss how we can, you know, understand it. And uh, let's see, find a way how we can, you know, work on it. You know, one of my uh, one of my main goals working with this teenager is after this two and three years of working with them, how they can carry the knowledge and the things that they learn and go and change, make some changes in society, mm -hmm. you know, uh, based on their beliefs, of course, and based on uh, things that believe in which is really tough. I actually started this uh, action uh, two, two weeks ago because now I work with, with the groups that they have been involved in, uh, in Sautuna for the, last, uh, the past two years. And I have a few meetings with them and I found that they're really, really 
take a step forward mm. and go to the society and try to uh, challenge the society. Mm -hmm. But we found that the society is bigger than us and stronger than us. So we, ch we started practicing here. Okay, For example, right. the idea of democracy, the idea of the uh, 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 individual in the group, and it's perfect time because of what's going on in the Middle East. Yes. And are so, they inspired by that, these teenagers? A lot. I was shocked. Uh, you know, you know uh, for example, uh, we, we started with this caricature cartoon by a uh, Palestinian uh, artist. His name is Najil Ali. Uh, he has this uh, cartoon where uh, he had uh, Anna, which means me, individual, mm -hmm. and Nahnu, we, the group. And he tried to challenge the, to the, the, the two ideas. And uh, I took this idea and I start, uh, as we started like drawing this idea and discuss it. And we made uh, big posters, uh, I can show it to you. Okay. Uh, and uh, we went to the uh, administrator office here at Laji to uh, to test the democracy that we have here so if you have your place to express your opinion if when you express your, your opinion uh, what kind of challenges you'll receive and are you ready to fight for them and things like that that has been really excited and these inspirations they have them before but with what's going on in the middle east it's emboldening yeah it's really they have so much enthusiastic they have so much uh, courage they have yeah. so much so many fantastic ideas the way mm -hmm. they can like sit and plan okay we'll do the poster we hold the poster uh, at Laji we see the people's reactions people who support us will you know bring them to us and people who cannot who, you know disagree with us we like find a way how you can find them and things like that mm -hmm. so it has been really fun to do this with the teenagers here mm -hmm. and I do the same uh, uh, job with the, the, the people at uh, Janine and Nablus and uh, it's a new thing Mm -hmm. Usually we, we used to challenge the occupation here, you know, with different kinds of resistance, you know, demonstrations, uh, stones and all these types of resistance. But now now it's time to challenge the society and to... to uh, right. It seems like the challenge is going both externally and internally. That's true. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, compared to your generation in terms of how you saw the future unfolding and these, these kids now or these young people... Um, you know, do they have a different vision of what's possible? Uh, That's a very good question, actually. Um, I sense this. We, my wife and I, my wife and I, Amal, we made this uh, documentary uh, together. It took us six years of doing this documentary, and we tried to compare the two generations, the old generation who was involved in in, in, in the political movements in the first oh, Intifada, okay. yeah. and who've been into the prison and to the new generation who have been involved in this intifada and see their like uh, visions to the conflicts and to the future and how they resist, how they uh, thought of, of, of uh, the occupation and about the social things. So uh, we, we, I mean, I find that um, many of them got lost because of the complications of society, socially and politically, and they need uh, uh, to be led. They need to be educated. They need to be. Um, uh, they need to be, you know, showing the the path for this. Mm -hmm. So they have different type of visions. For example, I propose this question. You know, uh, this right to return issues that is really big and complicated and has been going on since 1948 right. is an issue for them. So I propose, we proposed this question for them. So you'll be able to live with Israelis of the same land 
if right. you offer to go back to your village, you will go. For example, how you can see the future uh, of Palestine. Actually, this is our next magazine at Laji with the six different refugee camps in the West Bank, thinking of the future and the possibilities of, of uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflicts. So many of them, yeah, I mean, I really ready to go back to my village. I heard a lot about it from my grandparents, from my parents, some of them. Well, I was born here and uh, I don't know if I can return some of them. Well, I would like to go and live near the beach, you know, right. near Alcam, you know, I like <laughs> yeah. water, you know, these type of things. They like the idea of one state, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard for them to explain for them, like the one state, two state solutions, uh, demographically and geogra- geographically. Uh, but uh, uh, they, they know that they want one state solution. Huh. Uh, another issue is, to be honest with you, many of the teenagers <clears throat> and the kids who have lost uh, their parents in this conflict uh, and their parents, you know, they were like killed uh, uh, in front of them by snipers, mm-hmm. by through the invasions and to discuss the idea of like to live in one state. What do you think of the future of, of, of Palestinians and Israelis living together and uh, all these things? They have they have different issues. They have, they still have this anger and right. uh, hurts feelings inside them. And uh, but uh, they have they have the ability um, uh, to to move on with it, you know. But they're really struggling, as mm-hmm. as many people here in, in, in mm-hmm. the West Bank uh, struggling. And uh, you know, sometimes I discuss the, the the issue of forgiveness. You know, sometimes you know we enter like some philosophical uh, topics uh, to these uh, children, and they're good at it. What do you think of forgiveness? You know, you've lost, they've lost uh, a lot. And uh, you'll receive some kind of uh, answers. Well, I can't forgive now because there's no ground for forgiveness. I have occupations, I have walls, soldiers come every night to the camp, mm-hmm. checks, arrests, you know. Uh, so some kids, well, I need justice before I forgive. I need my rights before I forgive. So their, their view, their vision of the future is really quite complicated. They all agree that, yeah, we, we, we're ready, we really would love to live in one state mm. uh, without walls, without checkpoints. I can go to the beach and they, I can, you know, go to my village. Uh, and uh, they have it. They, they have the ground for it. But because, you know, as I said before, some of them, you know, uh, their parents are martyrs. Yeah. Uh, they have families in prison and uh, the incubation really affected them, especially here in Ida Camp, because the location of Ida Camp is very close to, as you see, the settlements, very close to the military camps here. Uh, most of the conflicts and the clashes used to start here and end here. So it's really, uh, uh, they really uh, got damaged psychologically mm-hmm. from the side. There's, um, yeah, there's so much pain and damage yeah. all around that it's like, that complicates all the other issues. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That human pain mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. becomes a factor, and um, you know, I, I think people in the states, as you realize, some they often think of this as a religious conflict. Oh yes, right. And oh, but I yes. mean, the, the layers yes. of this there's so many layers, and that's just one of them. But I, I, I mean, do the, is religion part of these these young people's? Is, does, how, how, how does it, does religion play in, or does it at all, into their reactions? or Reaction to the conflict? Yeah, or, or when they talk about forgiveness, or just how they, how they c- 
cope in their day-to-day lives? You know, Boston... Based on my experience in the past uh, nine or ten years working with children and teenagers, uh, uh, I can say I can say it uh, comfortably: religion uh, is not uh, the issue. Yeah. When it comes to the, for them, when it comes to the conflicts, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for example, uh, all their parents grow up working in, in, in Jerusalem and Israel's there is a time there was a time when uh, during Oslo and before Oslo when all the Israelis used to come and shop here and, and, and uh, the checkpoint was open and many people used to go there inside Jerusalem and, and, and see the places so when you when you propose this uh, for them uh, uh, when you say okay Jewish and Palestinians they say Israelis and Palestinians, they don't say Jewish and Muslims. The conflicts right. between Israelis and Palestinians, right. uh, the conflicts between religious settlers yeah. and villagers, yeah. they don't use the terms of like um, uh, these big terms like uh, um, uh, religious uh, uh, Muslims are fighting Jews. Right, it's not examples. a conflict between Islam and Judaism. Or... Yeah, and and they they I mean uh, they have uh, uh, quite uh, because they they watch a lot of uh, TV and they uh, I mean without watching the TV the conflicts is around them. They living it uh, life, and uh, they face during their daily life uh, some Islamic movements and some mm-hmm. left movements, and they have different views. Of course, when you talk to uh, to a kid or to a, a teenager from a religious family here, he will be using these religious terms in terms of uh, struggle and in terms of uh, we should uh, fight and we should uh, uh, things like that. But even though when they use these terms, they will use them as a relation of uh, this is a conflict between Israelis and, and Palestinians mm. and we should uh, fight to gain uh, 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 our rights. They don't use the term, for example, jihad. Right. In their in their in their discussions, uh, uh, even those religious uh, kids. Yeah. So yeah, I get the sense of uh, the issue of religion uh, when it comes to the Israeli conflicts. Uh, I think they have uh, they know that it's not a religious conflict. They know it's uh, a conflict based on first on land huh. and uh, based on uh, territories, based on uh, the right to return, based on the refugee case, because they have been educated also. By this, you know, uh, for example, place like Lager Center and as many good organizations uh, uh, in the West Bank as a strip, uh, you know, they educate these kids and teenagers about the conflicts a lot. Uh, and uh, we have good leadership in the streets uh, mm. uh, uh, who work uh, on this also. So uh, when we work with them, we, we, we even when we use these terms, it's a political conflict. It's, 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 uh, it has uh, different agendas than the, the religious conflicts. Uh, we're not, uh, you know, in the 18th or 17th century. We, we're, you know, mm-hmm. nobody is going to throw anybody in the sea. Nobody is going to, these are, uh, you know, some propaganda terms. So sometimes they heard them and they got excited about them, but they realized that it's not, it's not the case. Right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, my experience uh, with them, it's really uh, uh, politically, mm-hmm. uh, fully politically, not religiously. So I asked them all this, but, you know, what, what, what's the Palestinian story or what Palestinian stories would you want to tell that mm. don't make it into news headlines or, you know, that simply don't get covered? What comes to mind? I'm sure there are hundreds. There's a lot. What There's comes a hundreds. To mind? Yeah. There's a hundreds of, uh, of uh, for example, when... Uh, 
in two, late 2006, I did some workshops in New York City, in Brooklyn, high schools, Brooklyn, educate them about Palestine, uh, um, Israel conflicts. And uh, I was shocked by the amount of information that these teenagers, like high school uh, children, they have. Um, strangely enough, uh, some of them thought that uh, Israel is in Europe. Really? Yeah, um, they don't know that uh, this area, you know, they don't know that the Middle East, uh, uh, not all Muslims, they have like, they, they think that the whole Middle East speaks Arabic. Uh, uh, they don't know that we have Jewish, Muslims, Christians, Turks, Persians. When it comes to when it comes to, uh, to Palestine-Israel conflicts, they have a fully, fully um, uh, believe that uh, it's a, a religious uh, right. conflict. And uh, the idea of uh, the Holocaust and the idea of uh, the Jews uh, from back then in Europe uh, still in their minds, uh, which is reality and it's important uh, to educate the kids about it. But uh, they don't know that it's 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 about you know lands and it's politically complex. So uh, these are the. One of the the the, the important uh, uh, topics and issues that uh, the West and the young generation in the West need to be educated about, and to to have a sense that we have Muslims and Jews, but we have Christians also mm-hmm. living in this, uh, mm-hmm. and they have a long history with mm-hmm. this land. I mean, Jesus was born here. You know, one one kid once asked me, you know. Uh, uh, who has a right to own this land? I said Christians. Jews and Muslims should, uh, you know. Because why? Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, Jesus was, was born here. And, you know, I was like joking with him. You know, yeah. It's like Jesus was born here and they have the right, you know, to leave this country and blah, blah, blah. So, so the, the, the many, many uh, uh, teenagers in the West, they, they miss this concept and they, they, they're missing this information uh, mm-hmm. uh, from them. Another uh, thing about uh, Muslims and Christians... Uh, issues when it comes, for example, uh, for an area like Bethlehem, and my wife uh, has been doing a lot of writing about it. Uh, 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 for example, this side of camp, uh, it has a wall, but when you talk about Bethlehem city, you talk about uh, uh, um, uh, Bethlehem as a holy place. Right. But Bethlehem as a whole place, it has like uh, Bedouins, it has refugees, it has uh, 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 Christians and Muslims and people who live in the city. So it's not about, it's not all about the city and the people who live in the city. It's also you have some, some fractions around the city like Aydakam, like Al Khadr village, who are struggling every day with the occupation to survive. Right. Uh, um, and uh, the issue of land, which is the most, the most, in my opinion, the most important thing to discuss in the West is the land. Mm-hmm. Because the struggle is all about the land. Mm-hmm. It's oh, even yeah. not about refugees, because refugees need land. Right, and you're yeah. right, it's, it's elemental, and it's, it's precisely what never gets discussed. Yeah. It doesn't get transmitted. Yeah, because in the media, uh, right now, with the negotiation, they make, they're making Jerusalem is the big issue. But if you go to the ground and you look from the sky in Jerusalem, it's very easy to have a solution for Jerusalem. But they're making it really big and complicated because they don't want to talk about the land and the refugee case. So land here is a major issue. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, right now uh, we have 10% of the West Bank. We started in 19... When, when, when Israel was uh, recognized in 1948, there was 47% for uh, uh, the Jewish and uh, 43% mm. for Palestinians. Mm. In the, the 1967 war, we, have, we, had, we had 22% of the land. 
Now, because of the settlements and the wall, we had less than 10% of the lands. So uh, these are the facts that uh, not many people know uh, in the West. Mm -hmm. And these are major issues. Without uh, talking about them, without finding a solution for them, I don't think this conflict would be, will be uh, finished and solved mm -hmm. soon, mm. you know. You know, I, I spoke with um, a Jewish uh, journalist, Israeli journalist, who also was American-born. He's mm -hmm. lived here for a long time. And, you know, he's one of these... He's very hard to categorize. I, I think mm -hmm. that's true of people in general here. Americans tend to say, you know, you're right or you're left, right? You're this or you're that. And here mm -hmm. people have so many layers of identity. So okay. I would say in some ways he's conservative. and In other ways he, he would look like he's on the left. You okay. can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's, he's, he's grown pretty... He was one of these people who was very... Uh, Th you know, thrilled by Oslo and the f and and what seemed possible then, mm. and then has become very bitter and has was embittered by the Second Intifada, right? But he, so ha but but he, despite that, uh, when I asked him how change might come, you know, how might oh. this all how might this all change, he said he thought it might happen suddenly. And the example he used was Sadat coming to Jerusalem, mm -hmm. and how that was this kind of miraculous moment for Israelis. And then there was also a land given back, right, mm -hmm. at that moment. Mm -hmm. That it was this kind of instantaneous change, despite this history of very complex struggle. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that is that a vision that a Palestinian could have, that something might happen and it would all look different? No. 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 Uh, I think people here are uh, becoming more realistic uh, about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, about this conflict, especially Palestinians, especially refugees, because they have facts. They have, for example, when you talk to uh, refugees, Palestinian refugees, about uh, about the future, well, say, forget the negotiation, forget Oslo, because Oslo is based on a, a, a vague uh, idea. Uh, they said uh, it's simple. We have this land. The land is complex now. It has uh, Israelis living in it. Uh, let's live together without without, without one-state solution. This is their talk. Without uh, one-state solution that we can, we will be able to go back to, to, to the land, nothing would happen. Because uh, the way we think about it here, uh, about the future and about this miracle that may happen one day, uh, we have a new generations every five or every six or every ten years are coming here. And they're coming and living in a very tight place. Mm -hmm. These generations, every five or ten years, they explode because they have no place I mean, to go. In the refugee camps. In the refugee camps, mm -hmm. especially. They have no place to go. So, uh, and they start, uh, since the first intifada, they have been doing, uh, you know, they have been shaping the future. Uh, uh, of the conflicts. Uh, mm. For example, we have the first intifada, we had Oslo, Oslo failed. We have this new conflict that started in 2000, uh, and it's failed now, mm -hmm. uh, politically uh, failed. And they think about uh, the future uh, that, uh, no, without right to return, there's no miracles going to happen. Without uh, uh, thinking of the facts that are on the ground, 
uh, Jerusalem, okay, one of them, the refugees, the 12 refugee camps in Lebanon, the, 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 that they're living uh, in a hard condition without discussing the uh, refugees from 1948, not just the refugees from 1967, uh, uh, the future uh, wouldn't be, uh, you know, there, there, will, there will not be any optimist, optimism mm-hmm. in the future for, for these conflicts, but about uh, somebody would come with a solution from outside, I don't think this will happen. Mm-hmm. The solution has to be inside. It has to be. It has to start from inside. Mm-hmm. It has to start from inside. It has to start from both people. Yeah. You know, it has people here. They believe that they realized now because uh, they have a really right uh, wing in uh, government in Israel, and we have a corrupt uh, government in the Palestinian side. People start realizing that both people need to to to. You're talking about the people, not the not, not the their government. elected no, no. Yes, we, they yeah. have to move and mm-hmm. they have to break these uh, boundaries, but without normalizing things and without being naive and talking about uh, BCI is nice, but without talking about or uh, without justice, uh, you know. And I hear this talk uh, by many people, you know, okay, well, this, there is no future for the Palestinian 30 because politically they're failed, they're corrupt. Uh, the Israeli government is really right-wing uh, uh, government. And uh, it's about people. And based and, and this this talk is, is is coming because of what's going on in the Middle East, right? Like how the people spark in the street and they yes. made change. So Egypt they, they then plays change. into something that was already happening. Here. Oh yeah, Egypt. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody is really focusing fully on Egypt mm-hmm. first because Egypt has this peace agreement with Israel, mm-hmm. and the new government uh, will make some changes in 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 relation to Israel and relation you know and Egypt is a big country and a major player mm-hmm. politically it's a major player in the middle east and uh, the revolution uh, there you know so mm-hmm. far is succeeding mm-hmm. in terms of like changes mm-hmm. changes uh, socially and politically changes and the really people are inspired by it uh, and they still you know really having this um, energy inside them they want to exp- you know, mm-hmm. uh, use uh, because of Egypt. So, uh, yeah, all the eyes on Egypt now. Mm-hmm. All the eyes on Egypt. Mm. That's great. Thank you so much. Can I have yeah. you ask one question? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so when you guys are talking about psychological trauma, it yeah. seems like almost every Palestinian that we either talk to or listen to has a father, a brother, yeah. um, an uncle that's been imprisoned in somehow. Mm. Um, and then I, I'm harkening back to a mall story about just even going into Jerusalem with your new with your mm. infant. Yeah. And that there's a, um, a psychological trauma there. I mean, I've been gone for a week and my son had his first sleepover. Mm-hmm. And I feel <laughs> the miss, I, I long, you know, I mm-hmm. miss that. And I just wonder how that factors into going forward as you talk about that too. There's another level of um, trauma or sub issues to deal with. You mean having a, having, being a father? Well, so there's the, the very blatant, like, it's, uh, I have family in prison that also may right. unite people, but I also have these little things right. that I miss out on each day. And how does one kind of wrestle with that? Is that is there ways of transcending that, or mm-hmm. are there ways of kind of uh, um, being uh, beholden to it? Mm-hmm. So, so the, the ch- you're talking about children, or a, and as parents, a family, I or think, parents, and family or, members. Yeah, yeah, these layers of of psychological trauma of mm-hmm. people in prison, people killed. Uh, being separated from loved ones for mm-hmm. all kinds of different reasons. Um, how, how do people how do people live with that, or how do they? Is it possible to uh, to kind of carve out a sense of dignity 
to, to transcend it? Um, what, what makes that possible? You know, one of the uh, things that we learned when we were children, I'm talking about my experience now as a child, we, we, we learned this lesson not by our parents or our families. We learned this lesson by the life, that uh, it's the three things. is how to survive and how to live with pain and how to rely on yourself as children. How to survive because it's a conflict. A bullet may come to you anytime. How to, you need to learn early in age how to avoid it. How to live with your pain because you, you may like, you, you may get arrested or beating or humiliated in checkpoint. Not live with it and you know, cope with it and accept it. But how to go around it and continue with your life because it's happening on an everyday basis. You will get really damaged if you, you cannot, as a child, as a teenager, as a parent, if you, if, if you don't know how to deal with these things. It could really damage you and, and destroy you. Yeah, we have a lot of damage, psychological damage mm-hmm. inside us, and a lot of sadness inside us, but we have the hope and we have uh, the mechanism uh, to, and we learned early in life how to cope with it, of course, with... with with uh, lots of suffering and how to uh, um, uh, survive also. We learned this lesson when we were children because, you know, your parents may, by, may get killed or arrested and your brothers right, and sisters right, right. and you need to uh, find your way in the society. Uh, I mean, remembering my childhood, like my family in the 80s were uh, politically were very active. Like our house got uh, demolished once and got closed once and my sisters went to prisons my old brothers went to prison I mean I'm the youngest of 11 and my father was busy you know providing like lawyers and providing like uh, um, 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 uh, food to the Mm -hmm. family so I grow up um, even though I'm the youngest I should be spoiled in a sense but I grow up basically in the streets and other families raised me. Other people raised mm-hmm. me in the streets, and I've learned a lot. Yes, it did affected me, and I still carry this psychological uh, issues in my mind and my memories. But on the other hand, it gave me the the strength to survive, because as I said, you really, really need to rely on yourself early in in life, early mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in your like young teenagers. Mm-hmm. And uh, life is hard here, and you, you have to find uh, your way. Um, uh, other children, uh, they can't do that. Not everybody can do that, but right. most people can do that. Uh, some children get really psychologically uh, uh, damaged. Uh, for example, we have children that their mothers and their fathers uh, were shot in front of them. They're bombed in front of them. They lost them. They had a very close, very direct uh, uh, clashes with the army during the invasions. Uh, uh, add to that the social pressure. On them because of the the, the, the conflicts uh, that uh, they have been uh, seeing, you know, uh, social workers and psychologists uh, since age six and seven, and they mm. still continue with this. So uh, it's a problem that uh, it needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of uh, um, I don't know exactly what is what I can say about it, but uh, it happens every day. It happens many times during the day and uh, it's like uh, some, one time we I gave a talk uh, past an, 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 uh, an American uh, uh, from the audience asked me I went to Palestine and even though there's like a lot of 
sadness and anger and occupation, but people are smiling and joking all the time and trying this, this. I, say, I told them, well, uh, it's one of the resistance elements, <laughs> not just to resist the occupation, to resist your, your, your pain, your fear, uh, mm. because it's always around you. You can't, you can't let this fear and let these things to destroy you. So you, even though you feel uh, you have the pain inside you, but you need to laugh and you need to smile and you need to, to play, you need to, uh, to move in your life. And uh, I think because, for example, early in, in, uh, in life, we learn to not show our fear to the occupiers. And there's a very, very strong uh, uh, video. Actually, it's Khulud's uh, uh, relative. She's a teacher. And they bombed the door, and she was behind the door, and she was killed. <laughs> so her daughter was like six years old, was crying and begging the soldier to bring, uh, to call the ambulance. So her brother, which he's 11 years old, he came and asked her to not cry in front of the soldier. And I was, for me, I know why he did this. Mm-hmm. I understand, but I was shocked to see this boy asking his six years uh, old sister to not cry in front of the soldiers because we, we learned early, like, okay, um, don't show your, 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 your tears to the occupier. This is one of the oh. uh, resistant elements and, and all these things. Yes, it damaged us, but uh, I have to say uh, it gave us something positive. Uh, things. It's hard. It's weird to 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 it's to also, hear it, uh, to know, listen to it, to believe it even. But uh, it has a lot of negative sides. But uh, based on my experience, who witnessed and lived the first intifada mm-hmm. and lived the second intifada, and I participated in many of these activism. Yes, I can say um, uh, it's hard uh, psychologically and on every level. But um, I have some strength by it. It's it, it also makes me think that if Palestinians and Israelis live together one day, part of that would be having to learn to show your pain to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's another uh, excellent uh, point, uh, which w- it wouldn't be easy. No. It wouldn't be easy. No. It would uh, take generations, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, it yes. It would take people living, living towards that. Yeah, yeah, uh, you need to, uh, but you need to find the ground for it, uh, right. and uh, slowly people will do it, but it's hard, mm-hmm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. And even uh, as, as uh, Middle Eastern culture, Arab culture, mm-hmm. especially for boys and men, mm-hmm. you need to be tough, you need to be, uh, not show your, 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 your tears, even though... We struggle so hard when we bring psychologists and social workers to work with the teenagers to talk about their feelings. <laughs> this is one of the like you know major like struggles here in mm-hmm. Palestine. Just talk about your feelings. You feel better. You know we'll find a way to help you in this. It takes us months and months and years, you know, to, to, to for them to, to, to reach to the level. Yes. Oh yeah. I believe that this is good for me. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. comfortable. I feel good about it. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I can you know. Talk about my feelings, about how I feel, what type of things that I face in my life. So, it's not easy. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Did we? Did you just say your last name? Uh, Okay. <coughs> we still running. I was aware that we were about to run out of time. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Good. Thank you. So yeah, sure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
So what time do activities start around the center of the week? Well, the school will be when the students are. 12, 12.30. 12.30 when they leave the school and they... Because the schools here are around um, operator for shifts. Oh, okay. Not this year. Not this year. What do they do? They switched the schools. So the bigger school is now for girls because we have bigger number of girls. Uh-huh. And put more students in each classroom. How many? 40. Yeah. 45. Used to be two shifts. Yeah, okay. Used to be two so there'll be kids coming to the center yeah. soon, half hour? Yeah, there could be yeah. children coming. And there's a really that fantastic shot from the roof. You can see the whole camp on the wall around the camp. And uh, if you're interested to go up and take a look. We probably have to get room. We have another interview this afternoon. Oh, okay. So, but but uh, just, if it was imminent, I'd get a mic out.